0: Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I am your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host, Big T. Big T. Great weather is in the air. I don't I was gonna say spring is in the air, but it's been a while, and that doesn't make sense anymore. It's almost <laughs> summer, isn't it? <laughs> but it's still spring. Great weather is in the air.
1: I don't know. Are you having great weather? We're having great weather during the weekday and then really bad weather on the weekend Why is so that? it's horrible because I'm in the office with beautiful weather I want to be outside and then it's yeah. just like rainy and windy every weekend so
0: Ugh, that's terrible how about you you should, you should change that I don't know how you're gonna do it but you should change that move to move to South beach um <laughs> I, the the weather's been fine. Actually, today it's like slightly not great, but um, it was great for most of the day. And the weekend was awesome. It was a really good weekend. Great weather. So, that's good. Not bad. Yeah, I don't know. Anything exciting happened in your life?
1: I tried nacho fries. <gasps>
0: Dude, and
1: they were delicious.
0: I know they are. Ah, oh, with the sauce or f- without the
1: sauce? With the sauce. Yes. Uh, wait, the cheese sauce, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I tried it, I was a little stuffy, so I couldn't fully taste it. But I was like, this is really good. And then I went back like two or three more times. Yes. Very good. It is very good. Yeah. That's like
0: when those are back in season, that's my go to. I got to get the nacho fries and then I always do a Doritos Locos taco and or maybe two of those. I don't know. Yeah, usually two of those and then the nacho fry because they're just so good. Do you um, order
1: through the app? Yeah, there's no other way. Like, that's the only way to do it. Yeah, because yeah, it's, like, way more expensive if you order just at the drive-thru. Are you serious? Yeah. How does that? Like, you, at, through the app, you can get, like, it's like an $8 meal for, like, uh, a deluxe, not a deluxe, but it's like a Crunchwrap Supreme, a taco... Yep. Uh, and like two sides or whatever for like eight dollars, okay. but a Sup- Crunchwrap Supreme by itself is like five or six bucks now. If you just order it at the drive thru I feel like
0: we talked about that last time or the time before because I was yeah, talking we about, talked my about food how challenge.
1: expensive Taco Bell is. Yeah, it is. It's it's like yeah, the only it's it's a same cheap price if you order it through the app, but it is really embarrassing because <laughs> like you go through the drive-through and it's like oh it's it's Big T again, you know. Like, you give them your name, oh, and yeah. it's like. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a moment that I was just like, oh, you use Big T for your. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. Obviously, like, you're I, just saying yeah. my real name. but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You like. You like It oh, yeah. says that in the app, like, oh, it's you again, or yeah. whatever. Well, no,
1: but when you go to the drive thru, you give them your name. Oh, in the, the intercom? Order. Oh. You know, you like go through yeah. and you're like, oh, I have a mobile pickup, and they're like, what's the name? And you're like, God damn it. Like. <laughs> now you know i've been here yesterday i'm here today i'll probably be here tomorrow
0: <laughs> oh dude those workers don't care they're not they're not paying attention i know to how but i care dude but it's nacho fries it's understandable how do you not that's true how do you not
1: that's true even if you
0: hate taco bell you have to get the nacho fries and at least try those because they that's might true. be your favorite like midnight snack type of thing you know so good um yeah Oh, sweet. That's that's the most exciting thing that's happened in the next no, month.
1: <laughs> I also finished Jury Duty. Did you watch Jury Duty?
0: Oh, that's right. No, I haven't.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, we watched it. It was good. And? Um, I know you were speculating about... Well, what, it would be a spoiler, but I don't really care. Because you were speculating
1: on if he ends up actually being in on it or not. Um, well, I was... Yeah. And, I mean, in the, the way that they... Presented at least, and I don't think that he was in on it, but okay, they do cut out a lot of parts where he kind of starts to suspect that it's something's going on, you know. Oh, interesting! So it's not like the full authentic reaction because they're definitely keeping it making it look like he didn't have any idea, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I think I sent you that TikTok where he's doing like a podcast interview and he said that he was like having a Truman Show experience. <laughs> Because yeah. he thought that he thought he had to like message James Marsden, and was like, Hey, are there cameras still following me? I feel like I'm not alone or whatever. Oh, and man. he was James yeah. Marsden called him and was like, You're fine, no one's You're filming fine. you.
0: Dude, he gained a friend in James Marsden, though. That's crazy. Look at that. Well,
1: yeah, that's true. But also I feel like Totally worth it. It's it's nice that they went about it in like a very quasi ethical way where they didn't they weren't trying to like embarrass him or like make him feel bad or crazy or dumb you know right, like they're yeah. all really kind and understanding but it would be really trippy to go through that experience and you know you met all these people thinking they were one thing and now they're not you know
0: yeah i wonder if but i mean it sounds like he has like at least short-term like side effects of paranoia
1: <laughs> you well know? yeah i think he said that he didn't go to work for like a month because, like, I think he was just kind of, like, recovering, recovering. still from the whole whoa. thing. whoa. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. But that's... Yeah. That's What's an interesting the, thing. How's, how's your month been?
0: It's been fine. It's been May, my birthday. Um, it was 40, birthday. Yeah. I had to work. 30, get out of here. 30, okay? I'm now 30 years old. I'm in the camp of 30-year-olds. I'm really excited about it. We talked about this. But I, like... I like being 30. I've been looking forward to 30 for a long time because I just, you know, a lot of your twenties is trying to figure out what you are going to do with life and trying to figure yourself out and just chasing the dollar in a way and whatever, like just trying really hard to not die. (laughs) And, uh, and so I've always thought about like 30, like, Oh, I should have everything figured out. Everything's good. And, uh, you know, got like a good career, I should be making good money, stuff like that. And I feel like I'm halfway there, right? So it's it's nice. It's it's not bad. Um Yeah, I I this is now I'm I've, I've been thinking about if I'm gonna say this or not because I haven't really gone out and told people about my personal life, really, and mm-hmm. you know what's going on. Because we've talked about it. You've known about it since the beginning. <laughs> but anyone listening to the show that doesn't talk to my mom <laughs> should. Or even your mom, because she's a rumor mill. But, um, <laughs> I, although I'm not sure not, how much she knows. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, this will probably come as a shock to some people. I don't know how many of my own like extended family members and stuff listen to this. But it's a big event and something's finally happening. And so I should probably talk about it a little bit. So first, first, first things first, super serious, but I'm going to probably laugh through the whole thing or whatever. I'm going to smile through the whole thing. Cause that's how I handle weird things. Um, or serious things, me and my wife. And I've said, I referred to her as my wife for the past year. We've been separated for the past year and you know, this big T, but, um, a lot of you guys don't know this. We've been separated for the past year with the plans of getting a divorce and all that stuff. And because of financial circumstances and um, just trying to make sure that we're moving forward in the healthiest way possible, financially, mentally, all that stuff. And also for our kids, um, we've been living in the same house um, for the past year. Finally, there's um, the opportunity to move forward. Financially, things are good and we're set to go. I've signed a lease on a new place, um a new apartment and I'm excited about it. It's like in the same area, so not a lot of like traveling back and forth of dropping the kids off every other week and all that jazz. Um and it's just uh, you know, <laughs> going back through past episodes and stuff. Anytime I've talked about like personal things or whatever, and like kind of laying off of it a little bit and not going super into detail, you could probably kind of <laughs> pick up on what I was talking about now. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been really amicable. It's been really good and really healthy, hard at times because we were living with each other for the past year. So obviously there's some, there's some pains that come along with that and all that jazz, but, um, Finally, moving forward, it just—it's kind of a breath of fresh air to finally just move on in the process and you know live this new life with you know my kids trying to be a great dad still and uh, and her being a great mom still and just trying to make things as healthy and um and great as possible. It's uh, yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Anyway, I'm just rambling at this point, but I'm I'm excited about the new place. I'll be moving on June first. And uh, getting everything ready it, uh furniture shopping sucks. I hate this stuff so much. I don't understand color. Uh, <laughs> not really. I don't know. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Like I'm just defaulting to creams and stuff, like everyone else does, because it's the easy choice. And I'll just Your pick Pinterest out like, board. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just pick out um, accent colors with rugs and pillows and whatever later, you know, to add that yeah. pop. Which I'll probably go with like blues and greens, cause aesthetically, um or like I don't know, not what's the word? It's like aesthetically pleasing to me. It makes me feel calm and all that stuff. So I like I like the blues and the greens. So I'll probably go yeah. with those for accents. Anyway.
1: That's exciting. Congratulations. Um, so you move at the beginning of the month and your divorce will be finalized then or
0: No, I mean still we still a haven't process. even Gotcha. We still haven't even really gone through that. As far as I could it's going to be an uncontested divorce, so it's going to be really chill. Um Yeah. There's still going to be some like fees that we got to pay and all that jazz just to like get it done.
1: I've heard that filing for a divorce at least in your state is a few thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, it's, it blows. It's going to be yeah. That's why we're like we'll wait until a little like financially yeah, we're well. good to move forward, but I also have a lot of like a down pay or not a down payment, a deposit and the first mm-hmm. month's rent and all this stuff that's like adding up quite a bit. So yeah, it's expensive. it'll it'll be something that happens later on, probably closer to the end of the year. I'm sure to have things finalized. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I mean everything's that's chill exciting, for those though. of you for those of you that know me um, and you're like really deeply sad and all that stuff. I understand. I totally get it. I love you guys. You mean well. I've gotten a lot of people like oh, like, you guys gotta figure this out, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Yeah, you okay. just have to work through it. Just work you through it. Do okay, do it. Look. <laughs> Look. We respect each other. We love each other. It's not happening, all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mind your own fucking we've, business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've... Uh, We've been, what people don't understand or realize or whatever, I think a lot of the time because they're hearing it for the first time, it's really shocking and they think that it's just happening because for them it is just happening, right? But for me, it's been an entire year of this and trying to figure out, are we or aren't we going to work through it? All this stuff, going back and forth, the pain that kind of comes along with that. Over time, I, you know, I, I sound probably really calm about it and that's because I am, because I wasn't calm about it. But then working through all this stuff, processing everything, really understanding fundamentally what doesn't work between us and why we can't work moving forward, at least at this stage in our lives, you know, who knows 10 years down the road or whatever, if whatever, you know what I mean? Like if we end up rekindling something or whatever, but for now, for now and for the unforeseeable future, it's not happening. So just understand that I love you. We love you no one hates each other no one has to hate one or pick sides everything's good okay
1: anyway yeah, that's I mean, my whole thing no <laughs> i think that that's a very healthy way to approach it i i feel like a lot of times people think that like divorce or separation or you know parting of ways in any context not just marriage is always a bad thing but usually yeah. that's like the best choice or a good choice or a right choice, you know? So I'm glad that I know that you've been in this for like a while now. So I'm glad that this next step is going to happen. Yep.
0: So there's that. Um, And to leave that whole thing and to move on maybe with the show, unless you have more to talk about big T. Um, Nope. All right. To leave that then let's get in to the show. But before we do that, Before we cover the movie, of course we're covering the birdcage, but before we get into that, let's do some housekeeping, okay? Actually, number one, in the housekeeping section, I guess, I didn't put this down in my notes or whatever, but hey, I want to thank everyone who just like randomly joined the show out of nowhere. Um,
1: Oh yeah, you never updated me.
0: I didn't update you or whatever, and I'm not going to go into specific numbers or anything like that here, but usually like... Well, okay. In the first few days of posting the Truman Show, we got more downloads than we normally get in a month. So that was crazy. Thanks so much for the instant support, <laughs> like of of the month of uh, of or for May. That was really cool. You know, we're seeing growth. We're just we're continuing to get bigger slowly and slowly. Like as time goes on, who knows if that'll be a rapid increase at, at some point or whatever. But it's really exciting to see that. I'm always like really interested in analytics, and especially I know Big T for you, you're really interested in knowing where people are listening to us from. Um, And we got people in like India, Japan, like Australia, Germany. Like we got random listeners all over the place, which makes no sense to me (laughs) because I don't know what we really offer all these other places. But um, I'm really happy that um, we're gaining random audiences and stuff like that. It's not just in the USA. So that's really cool to. I think it's really cool to be able to reach, you know, a wide spectrum of audiences. I don't know how you feel about that, Big T. Yeah,
1: I'm very curious how people are finding us overseas, because unless we have an international <laughs> marketing section for our LLC, I uh, I don't know how yeah. people are exactly finding where we are. Yeah.
0: yeah. So with that, I mean, we'll move on uh, in the housekeeping rate and review the show. That definitely helps with discoverability and stuff like that. Um, The more reviews and the more people are enjoying the show and listening to it and sharing it with other people, obviously, the more people will hear about it and and listen to the show. So uh, we appreciate what you guys have done so far, and we're excited for the future of the show. Uh, You can write in to LayersOfFilmPod at gmail.com to be part of the discussion. Uh, If you haven't seen the film, be aware that we will be diving right into spoilers, sometimes right from the beginning of the discussion. So if you don't want to be spoiled... Go watch the movie, come back, have a great time. Okay. Now, with all that out of the way, Big T, do you have a Hollywood You Rather prepared? I do. Hollywood
1: You Rather. You ready? Born ready. (laughs) Okay, Austin. Hollywood You Rather, have your partner fake being a woman or you yourself fake being a woman? (laughs) Huh.
0: Wait what? <laughs> uh, oh, I think like this is pretty my, easy. Probably my partner. Pr- probably my partner. I don't. Uh, I don't think I'm good at faking anything. So <laughs> probably my partner. <laughs> you know what movie? Well, is this like? Oh wait wait. Sorry. Or you yourself fake? I'm in my head. It's both Robin Williams, so Mrs. Doubtfire,
1: yeah? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, nice, yeah.
0: all right, <laughs> great. Which
1: is kind of funny. Um, I think that he filmed this movie right after Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I think so, too. I saw... Yeah, we'll talk more about it, but I thought that was kind of funny when Nathan yeah. Lane came in. I was like, oh, okay, like <laughs> we're going full Mrs. Doubtfire here. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks almost... this. It's like the same as... The, yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Holly, would you rather have to hide your true identity to please your child or fake your own death to get insurance money?
0: <laughs> what? Wait, hold on. Dude, there's probably a lot of movies that have like I something know. like that involved in This it.
1: is a callback to a previous episode.
0: Oh, shoot. Fake your
1: own death to
0: get insurance money. What? Why am I blanking right now? Like lively and a Kendra. Oh, a simple favor. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. 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 Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I kind of pushed that movie out of my mind for <laughs> because it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> but, Rude. No, I'm just kidding. It was fine. It was fine. There's good parts. Um. Oh. How long do I have to is this like an like a? like is there a time limit on having to fake my true identity
1: (laughs) well let's see the movie is just a night but in reality if they got away with it they would have had to fake it every time they spent time together right
0: I'm still gonna say the first one because you still it's an easier out like at some point to be like, ah screw it, I don't wanna do this anymore. But the other one, I would feel so paranoid my entire <laughs> life of feeling like someone's gonna find me out, you know? Really so see I, I would think I might fake thing. my
1: death because you end up with a ton of <laughs> insurance money. I would and it, though. you could just like live in the woods.
0: Oh do the woods? get some chickens,
1: get some veggies.
0: I make all of my moving decisions and my living decisions based off of the fast food around me. So <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's that. going to work. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's true. my choice.
1: Also, I don't think you didn't ask me, but I think I would rather fake being the woman. I think oh, yeah. I could. Oh, right. I could get into it. You think it, you could do you know? it? Yeah, yeah. I'd be like a I super tall that. woman, you know, walking around the <laughs> house, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe in you.
1: <laughs> Although
0: we did talk about those, those pythons of yours. Those two pythons on your arms—I don't know—you'd be—you'd yeah. have to go undercover as a, a bodybuilding woman.
1: Yeah, CrossFit uh, getting swollen. CrossFit influencer.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, <laughs> last one. Holly, would you rather mm-hmm. have your co-founder be found guilty of adultery and like a million other crimes, or yeah. be sent to prison in order to expose a senator's scandal? This is a pretty... It's not a niche movie, but it's not super popular.
0: Be sent to prison in order to expose? A senator's scandal. Like they went to prison because they exposed it.
1: Yes, in order to expose the senator, this person had to go to prison.
0: I have no idea. The only movie that's coming to mind, and I don't even think it's correct at all, it's the Adjustment Bureau, Bureau, but that's definitely not right, because I know... That. that's like the only name that pops into mind. What is it? Miss Sloan. Oh, yeah, I have no idea.
1: I don't know what that is. It's good. Jessica Chastain. Oh. She, uh... I don't want to spoil it, but she has to okay. commit and reveal herself of doing something illegal in order to expose a senator. Uh. And she may or may not get sent to prison for it. Who knows? Oh, I see! I see! I see! I see! Because she's yes. complicit, right? Uh, not necessarily complicit, but she has to oh. break the law in order to get the evidence. Oh, I, oh, okay. Now that makes okay. I understand.
0: Uh, what was the first one? One more time.
1: Have your co-founder be found guilty of adultery and like a million other crimes, and essentially ruin your political life.
0: The other one makes me feel like a hero a little bit. Like I'm really <laughs> like I'll do the second one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like same for you. Sure, my ego. I would say yeah, hey, I'd sacrifice everything for the greater good. But <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. That's, oh, that's maybe true. I just I have rather guilt. have my co-founder <laughs> get found guilty and then just disappear into the woods.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> <There> you go, <laughs> dude. I feel like you used like um, at least one part for like each of my final segment
1: the layers of favorites
0: but that's okay (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) uh no it's well i mean we
1: learned that um austin big t would now commit crime big time we learned a lot big time
0: crime that's right hey thanks thanks for the segment i appreciate it it was good stuff (laughs) uh all right sweet well with that Beautiful segment out of the way. Let's get into the film introduction. Of course, we are covering The Birdcage, released March 8th, 1996. I was three. What are you, four? You were four? March 8th,
1: I was almost four, yeah.
0: Oh, almost four, okay. Uh, The synopsis is, A gay cabaret owner and his drag queen companion agree to put up a false straight front so that their son can introduce them to his fiancé's right right-wing Moralistic Parents. Directed by Mike Nichols, written by Elaine May, composed by Jonathan Tunick. The big actors are Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, Gene Hackman, Diane I oh, shoot. I had this problem with Edward Scissorhands as well. waste Weist? I don't remember. I should have looked it up. Diane Weist. I don't know a budget of 31 million dollars box office earnings 185.3 million dollars killed it pretty good pretty good especially for a rated R film that's really good and that time and that time yeah very true uh where to watch MGM plus if you've got it or you could rent or buy it no it was uh, i
1: watched it free on youtube
0: oh you had it what
1: with was commercials it like, oh wow and why doesn't it, it was f- commercials in like the weirdest times like a character would be mid dialogue and that would be like <laughs> Applebee's new Buffalo Wild or Applebee's new <laughs> Wild Wings. I'm like, okay. That's hilarious. Yeah I I just go off of
0: whatever um IMDB tells me straight away. And MGM Plus Look was the you, first one. I sheeple. guess YouTube. It's on YouTube and Tubi for free, I think. Oh, I do see Tubi. Yeah, you're right. Pluto TV. It's all over the place. Paramount Plus? Why didn't it shape Dude, definitely more... Right? More people have to have Paramount Plus <laughs> than MGM Plus. Why, I would would IMDb, so. why would IMDb have MGM Plus the first? So they're probably I'll funded <laughs> by
1: MGM Plus or something.
0: Maybe I should look into this more every, every movie that we cover. Sweet. Well... I know that you're just going to turn it around on me. This is my first time watching it. I'm assuming you've watched this one quite a bit. Nope. Right? This is my you're first just... time too. Oh, really? Well, yeah. then I want to ask you. I no, we got to hear you first because I chose it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Now, I feel like I have this complaint with a lot of movies. But at times I just feel like it doesn't quite know what it wants to be. You know what I mean? Because it opens and it comes in with a kind of like a zany not rom-com but just like a comedy type of feeling and tone and then and then it kind of gets into really like, like there's a lot of anger that you see like I don't know people's reactions to things were odd to me for what I thought the movie was going to be we can get into that some more overall I like the movie and I I watched it twice and I would watch it again even I think it's fun especially like the first half is is enough easily to hook you for sure Mm -hmm. because there's so many funny things that happen and then the last half like i'm not i'm not entirely sold on there are still funny things that happen it gets pretty serious i don't know it's like there's some comedies that are able to tackle serious things but still in a funny way but you get it right like you Mm -hmm. you understand the message that's being said but it's still funny and entertaining whereas this um it gets a little not cringy i well uncomfortable it gets uncomfortable at times and um which is understandable because that's definitely like they're trying to i think they're trying to make you feel uncomfortable what do you
1: mean what made you uncomfortable about that that second half
0: (laughs) i want to make a very insensitive joke but i'm not going to because it's not true (laughs) anyway um (laughs) but it's more of um it well yeah again okay so it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable just like like you could see the pain like in Robin Williams' face when he knows that he has to um you know put away his his sexual identity or whatever for his son, you know? Yeah. And um and and there's a lot of parts where like maybe Nathan Lane's character, um Albert, is not like doing a great job of hiding it, being a, a woman, obviously putting on like this weird falsetto voice <laughs> that's not real. He has at like all. a
1: five o'clock shadow.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not great. But um, it's not really selling it at least but um there's times where he's not doing a great job covering it up or i guess she right and um and robin williams like he just seems to like react in really angry ways and it makes me uncomfortable i'm like why are you so angry like chill out dude like you're okay (laughs) like he's trying like she's trying his best her shoot right (laughs) anyway it's hard because um that's yeah, hard. Whatever. Anyway, because I know that I know that she's referred to as a she like pretty much the entire film except for Yeah. Um uh, other specific moments and stuff like that. But anyway, it's yeah, there's just like some uncomfortable things. Or like even Val, right? Like he seems really like upset a lot of the time. And I like I get it. Like he's trying to marry this woman. And he thinks it's really important to like Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, and he's he's stupid.
1: Although he doesn't look. Neither one of these kids look like they're 20 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think he's I think he was 28 and she was 31 in real life. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> that's such a like huge difference. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, when I saw her, I'm like, "You no, dude. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Like you look." And that makes sense. She's like she's actually quite a bit older than him. Um, yeah. In real life. But um I don't know. Yeah, I've I've talked long enough. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I really like this movie. It like I said last time, this was the first time I've watched it. Um it was actually uh I was just talking to a friend and I kind of randomly just asked him what his favorite movie was and he said it was this movie. So and I think that we were recording like the his next favorite day. movie? Yeah, it's his favorite movie. Yeah. Whoa. He's also um like a yeah. gay man. He grew up. Um, okay. in the conservative religious household didn't come out mm. until like as an adult. So, I yeah. think there's just like a lot of identity and stuff mm. that he identifies with there. Sure. But um yeah, I really liked it. I thought that there were uh it was really funny at parts like I was literally like laughing out loud, which you don't often get in a mm-hmm. lot of like comedies that aren't that good, but um yeah, yeah I just it made me really miss Robin Williams, <laughs> you know? I he know. just has such like a very special calming yet like zany yet grounded like stage presence yeah. and this is definitely a performance where he's more of like the straight man yeah. no pun intended <laughs> um but but <laughs> um yeah i just it's really funny but like I, to me like you said earlier it is funny but you get the message and it does get a little bit more serious towards the end but i didn't think it was cringy i and i know you kind of said that wasn't the word you were looking for but it gets a little bit more heartfelt i would say towards the end yeah but um yeah i mean it's good and i think especially for the time you know the 90s like i i was really enjoyable i would definitely watch it again
0: yeah that's that's the thing is like i need to i need to separate Uh, my modern lens I guess from when this movie came out because to Mm. me like Val's reactions and the fact that Val was so insistent on it to me is just like why are you so insistent like you grew up in this household you know what I mean like it's it's not like this is a random thing like your your dad left your mom when you were 16 and he's gay or whatever and came out and all this crazy stuff or whatever like I can understand like kind of the the struggle or whatever from that point of view but he grew up in this household with this this entire time you know what i mean like he had this lifestyle always and so it's just like why are you being so angry about it like you're okay Mm -hmm.
1: dude yeah val's kind of a douchebag the whole time
0: (laughs) i know it's so odd and when he's first introduced like oh okay val like cool guy whatever you know like He's fine. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, as, as the show goes on, when he's asking even more and more, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he
1: sees how much it's negatively impacting Armand yeah. and, and Albert. And mm-hmm. he just is like throwing a fit and is like, oh, this is never going to work. We should just cancel it. And it's like, right, you need to just like chill out. Like your father is literally changing his entire lifestyle for you right now. Yeah. Like, how are Redecorating
0: the entire house? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's crazy. Like, putting his relationship with Albert at risk, you know? Yeah, Going to talk to this woman that he hasn't talked to in 20 years. Like, I just feel like it's...
0: I will say, though, it seems like every day of his (laughs) companionship with Albert is always at risk.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) But I I don't... Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know. So, I just was like... (laughs) You always ask who's, like, the villain of the story. I'm like, definitely Val. Yeah, Val that's when the the parents.
0: <laughs> that's what well yeah, that's what I saw. I mean, people it's like the uh, maybe the like the obvious person that you're trying to f- say is the villain would be uh, Senator Keeley, Gene Hackman's character. Mm-hmm. But I think the I think the true villain is, is Val. And obviously he walks it back at the very end and he's proud to, you know, claim these two people as his parents. Um, but it takes them such a long time to get there when in my head it's like, it would have been much
1: easier for you to just start out this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would say that Senator Keeley is the real villain. And then Val is sort of like a secondary villain slash victim, because I think the only reason Val is doing, making all of these uh, really demeaning requests is because Keely, who holds the power is sort of requiring and expecting this demand. So, but I just think Val was like really insensitive towards his father and Albert.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well that's going going with that for a little for a little bit. Um I think it's interesting. Obviously the the biggest takeaway and I, I would say the message of this movie is like be proud of who you are. You know, don't conceal your true identity, stuff like that, right? It's obvious. Mm-hmm. Because it's really uncomfortable at times when when he's forced when Robin Williams and Albert are supposed to do that, um, but not supposed to, but forced to do that. But I think like kind of a subtle takeaway is the love that parents have for their children, and I think that's something that maybe could be overlooked from a lot of people um, potentially. I guess I don't really know, but for me, it was just like, oh man, like looking. Looking at Robin Williams and how he looks at his son and just thinking like, oh, like I'll do it or whatever, you know, and it takes some time. Like he, you know, he says, go F yourself like a few times or whatever, or F them, whatever, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. Or like, don't talk to me for the next few days.
0: Yeah. Right. That, that one was actually like really sad for me. I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but I was like, oh man, like I get that. Right. Yeah. Cause he has to, yeah, he has to completely fake who he is. And obviously coming from probably where he came from growing up the way he did. Um, as a kid, I'm sure he had to hide his, you know, his sexual identity for a very long time or whatever. And then finally, you know, probably has like this big thing that happens. I mean, I don't want to assume, I guess, but that seems to be kind of like at least the trope that's usually used in movies and probably a a pretty regular kind of storyline for a lot of people who have to come out. But, um, So yeah, so I would imagine going through all that and being so proud and living on South Beach, where apparently that's like—I mean, I don't know anything about South Beach, but apparently that's South Beach's entire identity is—is this? So um, it would be—it would probably be really painful for him to have to do that. Um, But yeah, again, that subtle kind of takeaway—the the love that he has for his child and he really wants him to be happy and he. And obviously, Val is making him feel like the only way he can be happy, at least in this moment, is to marry this woman um, with uh, who has parents that are completely against, at least, that's another issue that I have with this movie, but at least for most of the movie, has issues with that lifestyle, you know? um, Yeah, so, I, I don't know. That was just an interesting thing. Being a parent myself, it was just like, oh, yeah. like, what a... You know, it's really touching and heartwarming. It's also not heartwarming. It's touching. Yeah.
1: Like it's not black and white. Right. There's layers of complication and nuance to relationships and identities and families and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of I mean, we both have already sort of talked about it. But that's one thing that I really liked about this movie was there's like a surface plot going on, which is entertaining and funny and sometimes like heartwarming, but then there's a lot of themes that you can pull out underneath that are really, uh, deep like family relationships like you said or what will parents do for their children um just yeah. lots of different things and so i just i really like that about this that i feel like you it's a movie that you could watch and kind of get something new or see something new every time you watch it while still mm-hmm. enjoying the the surface level plot
0: yeah that's actually something that i noticed the second time um i don't know if it was ne- well actually i don't well yeah maybe it was intended um you know the when nathan lane's character albert when she's trying to prepare that new song um little dream and uh they're just kind of going through the rehearsal with that one dancer i don't know the dude's name and then the 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 dancer is like super bored and just you know it's like i'm just supposed to stand here or whatever he says and then robin williams or armand is you know like no do this like like madonna madonna you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever it's like but keep it all on the inside or whatever. Like that was actually, I don't know if it was necessarily. Oh, well, I, I think I read that that was actually an improvised line that the director, um, Mike Nichols, wanted Robin Williams to throw in there. Um, but keep it inside or, or do it on the inside or something like that. And I wonder if that was because it would be sort of like kind of a metaphor for having to keep, you know, your, your flamboyant or like your true Self or whatever, like your that side of you, like on the inside, through the rest of the film. I thought mm-hmm. that that was a really cool subtle detail. If if that was intended, if not, that's what I'm going to take away from it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that's good art, right?
1: You take something yeah. from it that may or may not have been intended.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, hey, can we? So talking about ron Williams, obviously, Mrs. Doubtfire, all that stuff. He's such a great actor. We love him. He's in so many great movies. Uh, not the standout of the show, in my opinion, though. Nathan Lane, absolutely the standout, absolutely like one of the greatest parts of the. Actually, th- yeah, definitely the greatest part of this film.
1: Uh, what What yeah. do you think? Yeah, this was his breakout Hollywood Hollywood role, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. before this, I was reading he had gotten he was pretty famous on Broadway, right? But um, and he actually originally turned down this role too. Nathan Lane, really. Yeah, because he was doing another show. He was doing a Broadway uh-huh. show. Yeah. And it, uh, the schedules didn't work, but then it got rearranged. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like it, he is phenomenal in this. I think that um, there's a lot of other TV shows and movies that he he's in that I really like him. But yeah, one thing that I really love about The Birdcage is in a time where queer characters were very one-dimensional... Mm -hmm. If at all, if they existed at all, you know, Um, almost all of the queer characters we meet in this movie are very fully fleshed. Like you can tell that they have the actors, the writers have put a lot of work into these characters and their backstory and their motivations and stuff like that. So I just I, I really love how you can see all of that work put into this into this movie.
0: Yeah, for sure. and And yeah, like. And the the kind of like the backstories, there's subtle subtle details to show you that like this this really is a family that grew up together and they know each other and all that stuff. One of the things that I would point out is um what's his name? What's the Agador? He uh he's just he's also actually he's probably my second favorite character, to be honest. I love Agador so much. (laughs) But um there's a part where Val he's waking up. In the morning, um, I think Albert just found out that Val wants to get married, and Val grabs, like, some orange juice, and Agador immediately goes for a glass to, like, Mm -hmm. give it to him because he knows he's just going to try to drink it straight out of the jug. And I I picked up on that both times that I watched, and I was just like, oh perfect you know what i mean like that's such a small little thing that completely shows that all of these people know each other and that they live together and that they they're they're familiar with each other's like tendencies and the way that they do things and stuff like that um and so just kind of going along with what you said like they really do like they feel fleshed out they feel like they're
1: they yeah they have real relationships yeah and then
0: obviously how armand constantly just like every five seconds, it seems, just because of Albert is like oh shit, like you know, yeah, just running like, out of the room, chasing running him down. out of the room, just like I got to do this again for the fifth time this
1: week, you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. it's so yeah, so yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the writers or director, I don't remember who, originally wanted it to be Steve Martin and Robin Williams, mm-hmm. um, but then I think Steve Martin had a scheduling conflict and Robin Williams. Yeah didn't really want to be Albert. He wanted to be Armand. So it worked out really well. And I think that Robin Williams and Nathan Lane have just like a really touching relationship in this movie. Um, Yeah. Like it's just, it's really sweet. And um, especially for the time, like I was, I don't know if you saw this, but Nathan Lane actually did an interview like, uh, very recently within the past it was either this month or a few months ago he Mm did a relate he did an interview and he talked about robin williams um but like for the 90s like to show a like a non-heteronormative couple and family really like being Mm -hmm. a very normal functioning happy just as weird as every other family family, you know, like that's a huge deal, especially for the nineties. And so it was really sweet to just see like these fleshed out characters living in, you know, a queer relationship, a queer community, and they were happy and they were like, they just, I don't know. It was just really, their relationship is just really, really sweet.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is why like one of my small complaints or maybe not small, but one of my complaints is how um, Val just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just so odd. It doesn't. Sometimes with Val, it doesn't seem like he's grown up in that whole environment because of the mm-hmm. way that he reacts to a lot of things. I don't. Yeah, I mean that was probably intended and and whatnot, but I don't know. It just like throws me off sometimes when I think about it. <laughs> it's like it just doesn't compute. Yeah,
1: to me. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said in there about. Cause, and Robin's uh Armand even says this when he's talking to Val, where Val is like, oh, remember when that that you said if that teacher asked me what you did to tell him that you were a business owner, you know? Yeah. So Val is drawing from real, real world experiences where his yeah. father has had to hide his identity. So I think I agree with you. It does seem kind of inconsiderate and um sort of has a lack of awareness that he would ask his dad and Albert to do such a huge thing for him. But right. it's also understandable that if he like really loves this woman and she was obviously very stressed about the whole situation, like he's supposed to be like a 20 year old, his brain's not even fully developed. Like yeah. they might just be like, Hey, we need to avoid conflict and get through this thing. If it really is just one night, like let's pretend, you know? Right. Yeah. But I agree with you. His it's, It does seem a little um, disingenuous his character
0: yeah at least what i would assume given his upbringing um i kind of want to talk about the just the abrupt ending i don't know if you feel this way at all with this movie and it's 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 cool to know that you've watched it for the first time for this show but i don't it doesn't make any (laughs) they put so much stock in the dinner and that night of them meeting for the first time. Like there's so much going on with just the the background story of each family. So there's, mm-hmm. they put a lot of time into that. And then they put another huge chunk of time into the the them meeting each other, all of them coming together. Or at least it felt like it was quite a while. Maybe that's just because I was uncomfortable for half of it, but um and then and then they make their weirdest or like their escape Where they have to drag up and drag so that they can get out of the club and not be noticed. And then it just cuts to the wedding. What is that, dude? Like, I don't know. For me, that just... I was just like, wow. Like, you should have cut down on some of the other things to make that transition a little bit. Because the last we saw of them before that... Well, okay. Well, yeah. Right before escaping, um, it was... It was them, it was the what are they, the Keelys? The Keelys being heartbroken and just feeling betrayed by their daughter um for putting them through this and trying to get married to a boy who has queer fathers or whatever queer queer parents. And um and then it just cuts to the wedding. <laughs> like I don't like what happened? You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: So what would you have found to be, like, a satisfying ending? Well, I mean, that's the
0: ending. Like, that's what you want to get to, right? It's just the journey to get there was just a hard
1: cut. What like do they you s- feel like would have made it, like, a better transition then?
0: I don't know. It's, it's just, we didn't. Okay, specifically thinking about Meet the Parents, have you seen that movie? Right? I think so. I guess this would be a spoiler but it's an old movie um like event like obviously meet the parents is is about uh like it's kind of the same thing like there's a dude who's really into this this woman they want to get married I think or he's thinking about getting married or he wants to ask her to marry him but he's trying to get on the good side of the father this is what Robert De Niro and what's what's the other dudes Ben Stiller right and so that's that's mm. like the that's like the son the future son-in-law father combo and it's such a great movie. I love that movie. Maybe we'll cover it in the future. But like they're always at odds with each other and he's trying so hard but it just seems like he can't please this man whatsoever. Robert De Niro, right? Mm-hmm. He can't please him. And um eventually there's there's like a like they figure it out. They push through it. There's like this weird lie detector test thing and um and Robert De Niro like asks him all these questions about like do you want to marry my daughter like wh- like are you going to provide her a good stable life like do you love her are you going to do this blah 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 like there's like the kind of this heartwarming moment between the two where you see the breakthrough like you see it you see it happen mm-hmm. and you don't really Like, that's maybe I'm just comparing two movies and I shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, it's just like I kind of was hoping to see that breakthrough. And the closest you get to that is Gene Hackman's character being insulted that no one wants to dance with him as a woman. (laughs) You know, that's that's literally (laughs) it. You don't want
1: to be the only girl not dancing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And that's (laughs) the only that's not even really a breakthrough. That's just his pride being shown or or whatever. And that's literally it. And then he escapes. And and they yeah. all get away, and that's it. And you don't see that breakthrough of like, you know what? Mm-hmm. These these people are good people. You know, I did really like the wife before I knew that um, originally he was a man, right? So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I have two thoughts on this. I think one, yeah. it feels the way it feels because it's based off of a stage play, and the. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's a French stage play that it's originally based off of, I believe. Yeah. Um, And the writer wanted it to feel somewhat like a play. So she wanted to maintain some of that. I mean, I don't know how many plays you've been to, but like a lot of times plays are sort of centered around one scene or like one piece Mm. of scenery. Right. So like the dinner is a big portion of this movie. But in a play, that's kind of how it would. Play out, you know. So I think yeah. that the focus is on the dinner, and then like the um conclusion yeah. is like pretty quick to wrap up because that's kind of like that's how the a structure would be. of a play. Yeah, yeah, but I think the second thing is, and one thing that I really really liked about when I was reading up, sort of about the history and background of this movie, is the everyone involved tried to make it really really authentic to lived experiences and of people in the queer community at the time mm. and i think a reason we don't see the Keegleys be like oh love is love like these people are good people whatever is because that might not be the reaction of most people in that situation sure. in fact at the time their pro the reaction would have probably been like i still don't think i still think that you're you know gay people are making the country go to hell in a handbasket like i think we don't see that sort of breakthrough and that revelation because especially at the time it's not really realistic like the keelys probably leave and then they don't change a whole lot in regard to their stance towards like the lgbtq community so Mm -hmm. i think to put something in where it's like there's this one silly goofy dinner and then the gay couple sort of like saves the homophobic conservative couple and then everybody's everything's hunky dory. Like, I just don't think that that's realistic of that sort of scenario. And to me, and I think to the the cast and crew as well, it would have almost felt like a disservice to the queer community because it would have been sort of making light of a situation that can't be that easily solved.
0: Yeah, I mean I could see that Like even Well I mean I don't necessarily need them To like have a Breakthrough per se But I I need to I, I yeah. don't know It would have been nice to see like the You know what You really love them
1: Yeah I agree And the Keelys are at the wedding Right
0: Yeah they're at the wedding Like the whole family's yeah, at the wedding Yeah I, right? I think
1: that I think that That's kind of the breakthrough You get in the 90s Is like I, I don't like what's going on But I'll let you get married You know I don't remember I don't Did they look happy to of, be there Or no Probably not <laughs>
0: I don't remember. It reminds
1: me of like the controversy with the um I think it was Kylie Jenner and the Pepsi commercial. Oh. Do you remember I that from know. a few years ago? No. There was like a Pepsi commercial where it was like a it was supposed to look like a Black Lives Matter protest against police officers, you know? Okay. And like so you have the protesters and the police officers and they're like butting heads. And then yeah. Kylie Jenner walks through the protesters and gives the police like a police officer, um, a Pepsi, and then the protesters and the police officers, like, it it solves all their problems and they start, like, hanging out and they're best friends all of a sudden, you know? That's so lame. And then the Pepsi commercial got a ton of backlash, rightfully so, because it was like, Pepsi's such a great product, it it can solve systemic racism, you know? And it's just, like, really inconsiderate. And I feel like a solution, and I know this isn't what you were saying, but an ending where it's like, Oh, now this super homophobic um, conservative senator is all of a sudden like pro gay rights and like is vocally supporting the queer community. Like, I just don't think that that is realistic, especially for the '90s.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm just like watching the ending right now a little bit. So Gene Hackman walks his daughter down the aisle and smiles Mm -hmm. at her, and then obviously Robin Williams. Oh no! Yeah, Diane Weist is is also crying. Who knows for what though? It, maybe she, <laughs> maybe she's really upset about it. I don't know, but she's crying, so that's something. <laughs> and and Nathan Lane, Albert's obviously crying too because that's 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 Albert's character, which is awesome. I love Albert. Um, yeah, Albert's it right. seems it. I don't see. I don't see them being um, upset
1: about it in any way. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't I seem think, like they're upset. Yeah, and I think too that is. I mean for the Keeleys, that is a really big shift. Cause you know, at the beginning of the movie, if she had, if the daughter had told the truth, he would have been like, absolutely not. We're not going to be associated with those people. We're against those people. They're moral degenerates or whatever. And by the end of the movie, he's maybe begrudgingly, but he's at the wedding in support of the wedding. Um, And I think that, you know, that is progress for his character. It might not be, um, as like, rainbow and sunshine as we want it to be but i think that that's a fairly realistic trajectory for his character
0: yeah i don't know for me it was just i need a better transition but i agree um, with you
1: it is kind of abrupt
0: yeah it is pretty abrupt but yeah it was it was funny to see uh senator Keeley just be really upset that no one wants to dance with him (laughs) i thought that was really funny and and then of course what albert comes up and and says, like, man, yeah, I have this dance and, or something like that. And it, it yeah. yeah, okay. So I guess there's a little bit of a transition. I don't know. It just, at least watching, it, I was just like, what the? <laughs> We're just cutting straight to it, huh? But um, then again, then again, I went into the movie twice without the context of this used to be a play or a musical. So, or whatever it was. A, um, a play, yeah. It used to be a, a stage play. So I had no idea. And that actually kind of, because of like Val's, and, and Robin Williams, um, like, I, it's so hard not to say Robin Williams. I know it's Armand, <laughs> but it's just like, how do you not say Robin Williams? But um, to see their reactions so, like, angry, it seems like, a lot of the time, maybe they're kind of pulling from the stage play a little bit because you would have to, like, be really dramatic in the way that you act so that people in the audience could actually understand what you're, trying to convey yeah, so maybe a
1: more physical
0: yeah so I, maybe they're kind of pulling from that a little bit because it's so that's so funny that you say that because I, I was that was going to be one of my kind of notes that I discussed just like this feels at least the beginning like the first half hour like the choreography of every moment that's happening like everything's like perfectly figured out mm-hmm. like they're on point they're on cue like everywhere they go um, it felt like a play like to be honest. and I haven't yeah. really seen that many plays, but like especially the part where Armand is trying to get Albert to come out and do the show and they go behind that curtain and then Albert just pops right back out when um, Armand is trying so hard to like figure his way out. And that that like felt like this class, like not only just like a classic 90s, just kind of not necessarily slapstick, but just. Um, you know, just really comedic, but it it did feel like a play. Like that was the moment where I'm like, man, this feels like a play. And then that first, funny. yeah, this, that first shot too, where it's, you know, you get, you get to see South beach and it's like that big, long shot. Although I think I saw the photography. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they cut it in three different spots, but they did a pretty good job, at least for the nineties. Really impressive. Yeah. 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 And you see, you see the, you catch, you catch the whole vibe of South beach, the birdcage, all that stuff, really great. Really great job on that. I want to give them yeah, kudos for, for sure. that for sure.
1: I thought it was really interesting how the Keelys treat the what's the daughter's name? Barbara? Barbara. Um it's really interesting how the Keelys treat Barbara's wedding because before the whole scandal with the senator comes out, the mom is kind of just like blatant or like very obtusely excited. Like she's not asking any questions she's just sort of like there for the ride but the dad is very much like um doing like he wants to do like a background check almost yeah right he's like oh we have to know these people blah 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 blah. and the moment that this scandal happens the the parents are suddenly like oh a wedding would restore your image and so i thought it was really interesting Um, and I don't know how intentional this commentary is, but like obviously in the 90s, gay marriage wasn't legal, and in fact, it was illegal to be like in a gay relationship in many places. Um, but it was really interesting to see how this wealthy heterosexual couple treats marriage, it's just like an exchange, right? It's a Mm -hmm. transactional, uh, tradition essentially to make them look better. It's not even about the daughter at that point. It's about making his image look better. And then you have this queer, this queer community and this, uh, you know, gay couple that they can't even be married because it's illegal. Like, I just think that it was really interesting to see that juxtaposition of these people who were not only taking, um, taking wedding, like a wedding for, uh, like the what's the phrase I'm looking for Um they were taking the wedding for granted but they were yep. actually like sort of uh, debasing it by saying it was like a political move you know I just thought that that right. juxtaposition was interesting
0: yeah which would suck to hear as a you know the daughter who really wants to get married to this guy that she's in love with you know mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's, just and like, it's all about her dad's political image
0: although it says a lot by the way that she reacts because she doesn't react This has been like probably her whole life. Like everything's transactional. Everything that she does is to make sure like she has to live her life within the confines of what's going to help her father's image and not destroy his father's image, which is very interesting. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a really I wasn't even thinking about that. That's yeah. I mean, her dad
1: is really selfish, right? It's all about him. Everything is about him and his image and his career. And even when that guy dies. His yeah. first concern is like, what's this going to look like? You know, ostensibly, you would think that they have been like really good friends and they founded this organization <laughs> yeah. together. And like his first concern is like, oh, well, now I'm going to look terrible in the press, you know. And it's like, how selfish right. do you have to be that people, including your own friends and family, are just sort of like pawns in your public image?
0: Which just, I mean, like, yeah, that's a, that's a small commentary on just politics in general of how for sure just totally fake fake most of it is it's uh which is really sad even mm-hmm. in the 90s you know what i mean like it just seems like it's gotten worse over time but even in the for 90s sure. it's this huge just it's always i don't know i hate politics but yeah <laughs> everything is uh yeah.
1: for the stage right yeah exactly for your own
0: for your own personal gain right i don't know if senator Keeley had any other aspirations of getting higher up the ladder but you know it's just uh it's annoying to see that his family's um lifestyle has to revolve around what he wants which Mm -hmm. is lame yeah not into it um true he's
1: a selfish little brat
0: Ooh, what a brat hey How about him uh, going down that up that ladder? I don't know why they had such a hard time with him going up and down just
1: a ladder. Like they were so scared for him. (laughs) Yeah, I do love too that like every time he's coming in. I'm sure you caught this, but it's like absurd. He's like, "Oh, I just came over the barn," or like, "Oh, I'm gonna go out the orchard," or like, "Oh, we're gonna go to the farm." Like, oh yeah, right, yeah. You're like, how big is this damn estate? Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like it's just kind of funny. That's true.
0: Actually, yeah, I didn't really catch that because it's, yeah, they got like this, yeah, what sounds like this huge estate. And then they also have a farm, which, you know, presumably has
1: a house, right? And yet they're like, it's just like an exaggeration of like wealthy people, right? But it's just funny. He's like, oh, I came through the orchard. You're like, whose house has an orchard?
0: (laughs) But they're also like, weren't they just kind of, weren't they kind of surprised about the fake fact that um, Armand has like two houses, the Colemans? Like they have right? There was a point where it's like, oh, this is their second house. Their other house is blah blah blah. And for some reason, they were really surprised by that—that that a cultural attaché or whatever that is. I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't look it up.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it maybe, really to me, I didn't register. It didn't um, portray as surprise. It was more like imp- they were impressed. You know, like, oh, we can respect these people now because they have two homes.
0: You know. <laughs> yeah it's yeah something to impress them for sure yeah um i love how hard they lean into how uh just like fake and boring senator Kelly is when he's talking about their drive <laughs> you know what i'm talking about is i don't even know what was what he was going on and on about like i just yeah. I, i'm pretty sure i checked out both times like i don't what is Everybody the point did, of Eddie? Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's like to, okay, <laughs> this family dinner scene is like, and look, no hate to my family, but I love that. I love them, but oh, my no. family and I have very different socio-political views, oh. and um, I was just kind of laughing because some of the tension that is very obvious and also not so obvious in this family dinner is yeah. just like so funny to me because like they're talking about politics, but no one wants to come out and say exactly what they're thinking or that they like disagree with you or that thinking you're wrong. Um Like, so I just, the, the family, the tension at the dinner table, I was like, this is very accurate for people who have family where you have different views of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. And then yeah. also just how, how obvious it is that this, the Keeleys, or the parents at least, are so stuck in their bubble and in their lives, and everything revolves around them and the way that they live, and they don't look outward like whatsoever, because mm-hmm. they're probably used to just sweeping things under the rug constantly, because that's all they wanted to yeah. do with his um, co-founder or whatever that dude's, Jackson's, so, yeah. I don't know, whatever his name was, um, that... It was, com- it completely went over there, dude, so obvious that Albert isn't, you know, like Mrs. Coleman or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. obvious. And yet, like, he's so confused at the end. It's like, but, but I was talking to the loveliest woman, you know? <laughs> like, like, that's <laughs> yeah, what he's yeah, saying. Yeah.
1: And it's like, so,
0: it's- yeah,
1: sorry, go on. No, 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 no. I don't want to interrupt you.
0: Well, I mean, I'm probably just going to ramble a little bit (laughs) more, but yeah, go
1: for it. Well, so going back to your question about Senator Keeley having like the boringest, driest story. Yeah, yeah. This is my, obviously, this is my own interpretation. And I don't think that this is even necessarily what the cast and crew are going for. But like, to me, it was just like, people that live this lifestyle are really boring, Like they especially especially compared to Armand and Albert, who have this very colorful, exciting, vibrant life. And then you have the senator who, sure, he has a lot of money and he has sort of all these things that uh, mainstream society says are good. But like when it comes down to who he is as an individual, not as a politician or a public figure, but as an individual, he's really boring and he has no identity outside of his public image because all he's ever worked on is his is his public image. So sure. I just to me it just shows that um how boring his he is as a person because he isn't a person. Like he's not a real human being in the sense of he has actual interests and stories and experiences. It's all just about him being a politician, you know. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what I took from that but obviously i think that's me reading and reading into it quite a bit but um yeah that's the question i had too about like to you and me clearly uh albert is a man dressed as a woman right yeah and i was like why wouldn't i don't know if it's just because like oh we sort of need it for continuity purpose that they don't recognize that this is a man dressed as a woman yeah but then i started thinking too like and the this might be completely wrong. I don't know, because I was a child in the 90s. But yeah. I, I wonder how common it was for people to, for a man to be dressed in drag uh mm. in a public space or just in general, you know? Because sure. like at the end of the movie, Senator Keeley is in drag and he tells his driver, you know, meet me at the corner in 20 minutes. And his driver's like, not in, not for a million dollars, sweetheart, or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. so like, senator keely's drag is even worse than yeah um, yeah albert's, yeah. Dra- albert's sure. drag but the driver doesn't recognize him yeah um or that cameraman sees senator he- Keeley in drag but the cameraman you see him sort of contemplate it but then he doesn't follow through oh, so i yeah. do wonder how much of it is like you and i in the 21st century have been exposed to a lot of media mm. and it's fairly normalized to, for people to be in drag like we know what drag is but like in the 90s Drag wasn't on TV. There was no RuPaul's Drag Race. There was no, like, drag uh, media industry. So I wonder if part of it was, like, it just wasn't a thing, you know?
0: Yeah. do Actually, yeah, that, that does make sense. I mean, that's just, like, immediately... I've always had, like, the speculation of, you know, just previous... Like... We we grew up, like, quite religious, right? And so, like, there's some stories of, like, you know, someone dressing up as the king or whatever, and then all of the servants are just confused, like... Or not confused, but they just totally... Because he's dressed up like royalty, he is the king. Mm-hmm. and um, Or dressed in his robes or whatever. And I remember being a kid, like... You've seen the same face for, like, day, Like, for years, probably. What do you mean? What do you mean that, like... Which, I mean, yeah, you could probably get in a debate of, like, well you know or like um it just depends on if you believe in the bible or whatever or not you know so i mean but um but to me like i think people actually yeah maybe even um uh more more recent i don't know oh what is it there's like uh there's some there's some documentary abducted in plain sight have you ever seen that Mm -mm. i think that's what it's called so it's it's like a it's a real thing or whatever there was um I think this was back in the 70s I want to say where there was this couple and oh man I get heated about this every time I think about it but um there was this couple who have like a daughter and um there was a neighbor that was just so obviously a pedophile like in every single way you know and obviously don't get your daughter anywhere near this guy and somehow this dude like just swindled them basically like over and over again even after having had like or not confrontations because for some reason they just trusted him even though it was already proven that he had some kind of sexual relations with their daughter somehow or like in some way or something like that and yet they just kind of keep believing him every time he lies these are the most gullible people on the entire face of the planet right and so I think you bring up like a good point. I bring that up to, you know, to say that you bring up a good point that um, the times, I guess, maybe potentially could have been like they were just different. People were way more gullible about certain things back in the day. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, my parents, like we worked, um, we sold, we sold Killian Corn, you know, our family product or whatever. You're, you're familiar with that. but
1: Love some Killian Corn.
0: Heck yeah, man. Still and trying would, to
1: get your mom to be a
0: sponsor. Yeah, I can reach out. I can reach out. We'll see if we can get the hookup. Um but This episode brought to you by Killing Corn. <laughs> <laughs> we would do like trade shows like constantly um growing up and stuff like that. And there was one specific trade show that uh there there was a um I, I Right? What? Crossdresser? Right? I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't know if that's really a term anymore, but I mean, that's, that's what we referred to it back in the day. I'm not entirely sure if that's still really a thing or if that's just yeah, something identifying defined as con- a woman. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it, it's like, it could be drag or crossdresser. Drag. It, it depends on the context.
0: I mean, that's, okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's however we said it back in the day it was th- there's this crossdresser that always showed up and, you know, or yeah, maybe drag or whatever. Cause I would see that and I'm like, no, yeah, you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're like, you're not like, I wasn't um, confused. I didn't believe for a second that that person was um, born a woman, I guess I'm trying really hard not to be insensitive. I'm trying hard. I'm trying really hard to make sure I'm using like good terminology, although I'm probably doing a really bad job at it anyway. um, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah, maybe it's just more of a modern thing. Like I was exposed to it growing up even back in the day as a kid, like it was Um, something that was obvious to me. And so watching this movie, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is more of a modern lens. Uh, Yeah, maybe in the early 90s with adults, it's just hard to see that, especially if in that bubble. I
1: don't know. It's like, it doesn't exist to them. Yeah, I think too, it's like a lack of exposure to what drag looks like. So you don't really have anything to compare it to. Combined with the fact that never in a million years would you think that, Your daughter's soon-to-be husband's uh, dad's partner is going to be (laughs) a man dressed as a... Like, you know, it's like, I just don't... I think there's a lot. But also, it might just be like, narratively, we have to ignore it because it's a funny, silly movie, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I think there's that scene at the very... Towards the very end when the mom is in drag and that guy comes up and is like, I've never danced with a man before, you know, like it's, it's also well known that when people get older our like typical sex expressions, you know, they sort of tend to um, like converge a little bit. Like when you get older, like men look like women in some ways and women look like men in some ways, like those, Hmm. those uh, sex characteristics, the secondary sex characteristics even don't, um, aren't as distinguished, you know? So I don't know. I mean, it could, again, it could just be a narrative thing of like, we're going to, it's very obvious, but we're going to, it's silly. And we're going to pretend like the people can't tell the difference. But I I do think, yeah, I do think there is, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's kind of this like cliche where a lot of, um, anti-trans or anti-drag conservatives typically are like oh we can always tell when someone is like trans or a cross or like a drag performer or whatever like it's super it's always super obvious but like it's been proven like multiple times that for a lot of like trans individuals People, especially conservatives, like can't tell that the person is trans or like a drag performer. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like, I think I wonder if it's sort of playing on that, like, sort of poking fun at, like, oh, we can always tell, but like you, they actually can't. Oh, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I will say, I guess, like, taking it, taking it, um, uh, not down or whatever. I don't know. Breaking it down like a little bit further. No, uh, uh, scaling it back? Whatever, dude. Who cares? Hey, listen to me. <laughs> I think, like, especially, okay, looking at, like, the, the birdcage in that show, what would you call it? Is it burlesque? What is that? Not burlesque.
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: They call it cabaret. Cabaret? But it's like a yeah. queer, like, cabaret? I don't know
1: what you call that. I honestly don't really know what cabaret is. Me, I don't know why dude. Okay, whatever. Um, Eddie, but I'm, it's also I, just like, it's like a queer nightclub. Okay, yeah,
0: sure. We'll say that. Um I would say I would say a lot of the a lot of the the um performers I'd say probably like half of them look really really feminine. And then there's a couple that are like, "Oh no, you have really masculine like um features characteristics, yeah, features, characteristics or whatever." And and uh so yeah, I, I yeah, anyway, I see what you're you're saying because there's I, I, yeah, it would probably be pretty hard to tell a lot of the times because I think a lot of them were super convincing, and I probably would have thought um if I had only seen the the ones that are like pretty feminine, I probably would have been like, Oh, I think this is just like a burlesque show or whatever. I, yeah, I don't even yeah. know what burlesque is.
1: <laughs> burlesque is more like erotic. Oh, mythic. never mind. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean human humans exist on a spectrum and sexuality and gender expression are on a spectrum so yeah of course like there's men that look more like women and women who look more like men and everything on in between and on between and all the places you know so yeah i mean uh it just sort of is the way that things are Mm -hmm.
0: one thing i know for sure is the keelys would not have picked up at all if they went into that show. <laughs> that <laughs> they def- like if they were confused by Albert or Mrs. Coleman, there's no
1: way <laughs>
0: there's no mm-hmm. way they would have picked
1: up on any of that in the yeah, birdcage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is interesting too, because at the beginning of the movie, um Starina asks yeah. like, Oh, there's a someone celebrating an anniversary, and then it cuts to like a distinguished looking older wealthier looking white couple you know yeah right so it is interesting because like I wonder how common that would have been to see in the 90s I mean it is South Beach so who knows but to see um, the couple yeah to like to see this like older wealthier more distinguished looking like higher class white couple in a in a queer nightclub but now like you have drag brunch and like everybody goes to drag brunch you know like sure but it was just interesting. And I wonder if that is sort of trying to be a foreshadowing of the Keelys being in that space or mm. like trying to get us to compare the two and like, Oh, even though these are like two couples that are from the same demographic, like look how different they can be. I don't really know, but yeah. I just did. I, I sort of did notice that when it cuts to this couple at the beginning of the movie, but yeah, I don't know. Right? Yeah. Um.
0: One of the, <laughs> what, what are the great i mean because i was uncomfortable during um just because of how angry everyone or some of the people seemed during the dinner and all that stuff but one of the funny things like time that um agador spartacus shows up it was just like the best and <laughs> he's like mm-hmm. slipping all over the place <laughs> dude when he goes to answer the door with his shoes how do you not know how to walk in shoes it's so funny and uh you just immediately falls. it's such a convincing <laughs> fall too it's so hard like he falls so hard on the yeah. floor, and then with the shrimp, like the peasant soup or whatever, <laughs> like yeah. I don't or was it him or Robin? I don't remember no Robin swims. Williams falls, he falls, dude, it was <laughs> dude, some of the stuff happening during that is so funny. It's
1: awesome that that was a real fall, too. Did you know that, really? Yeah, he really fell. You can actually see them, all three of the characters, like laughing. They're oh, trying to, shoot. they're trying to suppress the laughter, but I need to watch he that. really fell. He didn't. It wasn't planned. Yeah, he slipped. And I need
0: to pick. I need to watch that again because I, I yeah. love seeing when people break character. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, they. You can. I think Agador is like um, <laughs> pretending to cry because he's yeah. like laughing, he's laughing and just trying yeah. kind to of cover it up. Yeah, yeah. But it was a real fall. Dang, dude, that's fun. yeah, yeah. It's pretty I funny. Love it. The, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, well, no, one thing, obviously, there's like so much I could talk about in this movie, mm-hmm. but um, one thing I find interesting is like, obviously, the Keeleys are, at least Senator Keeley, is very homophobic, right? And yeah. he says that like gay people are uh, causing the decline of society and moral degeneracy, blah, blah, blah. But what I found really interesting was like, he has a very clear anti stance when it comes to queer people existing in the modern world. But then Mm -hmm. when they're sitting at the dinner table and they have the quote unquote like Greek plates, you know? Yeah. Um, suddenly like it's cultural is is cultural, right? Mm -hmm. Like I thought that that was a really interesting, uh, exploration of that idea because that happens so often, right? Like, especially in Western and white, like anthropology and stuff where, we say like oh this thing is so bad like in the modern world and then like we respect it when it like fits a cultural anthropological lens that we can like um get behind you know i just thought that was really interesting
0: no yeah yeah it's well it makes me wonder if they could have kept most of the things up in the (laughs) in it was greek yeah, it's just it's Greek, it's cultural. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, yeah. there's there's nudity all over the place um yeah. with like Greek yeah. um like uh whatever, I don't know, paintings and
1: yeah, blah blah blah. The Greeks being okay gay is okay, but <laughs> this couple being gay isn't, you know? Yeah, like yeah. that doesn't make any sense, but like yeah. for some reason like western brains are able to compartmentalize the two that just it's silly. Sure. But yeah. I think it's also very real. You have that a lot, you know. It's funny how both of them needed their glasses. Like, neither one
0: of them could clearly see what's going on with the bowl or the yeah, plate. when you get older, that
1: near sight goes out. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I did think was kind of interesting was, like, you you get the senator talking to uh, Albert, and the yep. senator is saying things that are... Obviously, conservative p- talking points, right? Like, pro, like pro-life, like pro anti-abortion stuff, like all these things. And then I don't know how intentional this was, but Albert always like one ups him. He's like, oh, I don't think we should kill the doctors. We should kill the moms or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then like he's sort of taking on all of these ex- absurd caricatures of conservatives. But the senator is like loving it. <laughs> You're right, yeah, yeah. you know, like you would think that he would be appalled, like kill the mothers. Like, no, that's so bad. But he's like, oh, she's just a stand up woman, and she's so great. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, you, I, I, know she this. just promoted like
0: murdering people. Do you think that he was falling for Mrs. Coleman,
1: the senator? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know why he he's would totally pretend like fallen. he wasn't. <laughs>
0: it's so weird.
1: It's just so funny.
0: Yeah, that's like it's like, whoa, too far, bud. Like I don't (laughs) Yeah. But he's totally it. it. It's so weird.
1: But then you flash forward to, you know, twenty twenty three and you have some conservative politicians saying that women who get abortion should have face the death penalty. So it's like Oh, oh, I don't know about that. Man, I really am out of the political like. Yeah. It's just like (laughs) All of these like super extremist like points that you think the senator would rebut, but he's like embracing them. And you're like, this was actually foreshadowing that we thought was a joke, but it's actually very real. Dude, people go too far. It's great. Yeah, it's not great. What would you say like your favorite scene is or is there like a piece of dialogue or something that really stood out to you?
0: Well, I mean, anything with Nathan Lane is my favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, I love his scream. So good, right? The scream is so good. And it's every five seconds. It's so ridiculous, but it's yeah. hilarious. In real life, I don't think I could handle it. I would be like, okay, like, chill yeah, out. Tone it down, buddy. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just trying to watch a movie or whatever, you know. Like, you don't have to scream <laughs> at everything going on in this movie. But um, but in the context of a movie or whatever, it's hilarious. Like, I love yeah, watching that for stuff. for sure kind of reminds me of Cam on Modern Family. But um Yeah, that
1: I got that vibe too for yeah, sure.
0: Except even more dramatic, which is awesome. Um mm-hmm. But I wonder if I could pick out anything specific. I don't know. You know what? Like maybe it's not the scene or whatever, but um <laughs> <laughs> when it's in the morning and he's trying to figure out stuff like he's when Nathan Lane is uh, Albert is walking around on the street and stuff like that. And he goes into that one shop. He's like when the Schnecken beckons, I don't know yeah. why dude that gets me. I mean, I only watched it twice, but that gets me every time. It makes me yeah. laugh so hard. <laughs> when the Schnecken Which is also improvised too. Oh really? Dude, it's so yeah. perfect. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, that's like my favorite part of the whole film right there, which is pretty close to the beginning, but I
1: love it yeah um no that's good and i think too the the i think you were talking about this but the director mentioned how um like robin williams and nathan lane are really well known for their improvisation you know oh yeah right and the director was required that they do at least to do at least one good take like one take yeah. that was on the script that follows the script yeah, yeah yeah and so i just was reading a thing that said um like the director at times had to put a blanket over his head while filming because he was laughing so hard at the improvisation what? the improv that they were doing that he yeah. literally had to cover himself with a blanket so that they couldn't hear him laughing on the Do you
0: audio. happen to know like the percentage like or not percentage but like was it said anywhere that like most of the movie is improvised or 30% or Um
1: I don't I don't know. I didn't see anything like that but what I did okay. read was that um they would do rehearsals the week before and then that's when they would let nathan lane and robin williams improvise stuff and then they would build what the best mm. parts into the script
0: okay interesting yeah um, that's cool
1: but they were just saying how like difficult it was to be on stage with two people who improv so much because yeah. it's like especially are probably because- one-upping each other <laughs> Yeah. And the writer wanted it to be like a play, but it's really hard to do when people are going off script, you know? So there's Mm -hmm. kind of this battle between it being a really rehearsed play and it being just kind of this improvised exploration. Right. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think there's like, like I said, there's so much about this movie that I really loved and I feel like I could dive really deep into but there was one scene and it's such a minor scene, but it was really, really impactful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the scene when Albert walks into the bedroom and he's dressed in a tuxedo or a suit. Um, yeah. And he's tr- trying his best to, you know, be masculine to like be straight. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of impressed with him, but they're also like, this isn't really working. And then yeah. he sits down and he, puts his leg up and he has pink socks and uh, Armand is like, Oh, but like, what about your socks? You know, like that's going to sort of out you here. And it's really sad because you can tell Albert is really trying and he wants to show up for Val in the way that Val needs him there. And he's really doing his best to sort of suppress who he is as a person. And then he says something like, Oh, is this no good? Um, And he just, he says like, I just wanted a hint of color And that just like really broke my heart because um, I mean, you and I have talked about this, but like as for me growing up in like a very conservative religious community, there were so many parts of myself that I was so afraid to show. And so many parts of myself, I was so afraid to like accept and explore because I was afraid that I was going to let down all of yep. the people around me or like not meet expectations of my church or my family or my friends or whatever it was. Um, that that scene of him, like really trying his best to suppress who he is, but it not being good enough uh, that like really touched me. Cause I really related to that experience of like, you are trying to hide this thing about yourself because you're trying to make yourself acceptable to the people around you the community you belong to but it's never enough um so i just i really liked that scene i thought it was really touching
0: and what makes it even more sad is like it's the two people in the world that he should be able to be completely himself in front of and in yeah, these moments exactly. he can't do any of that
1: and it's yeah, really that, sad that you yeah go ahead
0: well yeah that, that that was really sad and it kind of um i don't even i'm I'm really struggling right now. I should have thought about it a little bit more, but um I don't think there's really much music going on in this like as far as like an actual score, I don't really think there's much music going on at all besides like the shows that are being put on and the different musical numbers and stuff like that. And I don't mm-hmm. if I can remember right, I don't think there's really any music playing in that scene or that shot as well, which makes you just really like feel it. Yeah, feel it and really hang on to every single word because that's all you have, right? The facial expressions, mm-hmm. you know, the mannerisms, the um yeah, just like the performance itself, that's what you're hanging on to to extract as yeah. much art as you can out of. And uh so you really feel the disappointment I think in the way that he speaks and um I don't know if there's disappointment in himself that he wasn't able to pull it off sure. or whatever or more disappointment so. in um And the two people in front of him that are telling him to, you know, stop being himself. Right.
1: Yeah. I think it's a combination of all those things. Like you said, you know, he's with the two people in the world he should be able to be himself with. Yeah. And there's this external force, you know, Senator Keeley that is coming between them and it's not allowing him to be his true self, you know, and like, I very much related to that, you know, like I still have a really hard time like with my wife, like being authentic and sharing parts of myself because there's a lot of like shame um, that I am drawing upon because, you know, like that was kind of the emotional space that I grew up in. And it wasn't that. The culture in my community, my background, my family wanted me to feel that way. But there were just external forces that sort of made it me feel like I could never be my authentic self. And it was something to be ashamed of. And so I just thought his performance was really, really powerful in that scene.
0: You know what um, that made me think of is the fact that I mean, as boring as it was, the Keelys, you know, drive over to South Beach, in the Purple Mountains, or whatever the hell. Um, he said that like five thousand times in that whole speech, anyway. Mm-hmm. But for as boring as that was, you know, it's a really toned-down, like kind of lifestyle. They're not really kind of like what you said earlier, like they're kind of boring or whatever. And there's not really much going on. They're able to be themselves in front of the people you know, that are around them. And so were, so are the, the Goldman's as well. Like they're able to be themselves in their, um, you know, area and all that stuff. But like, they have to really try hard to not be themselves in front of the Keelys, And they go through so much to try to change their house themselves, trying to tone everything down. They're going through a lot to try to put on these performances in a way. And, um, And when they should be able to, like, relax and chill, they're still there for the Keeleys. Because when the Keeleys realize that there's people outside waiting for them, all of a sudden everything's about them still or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. we got to get you guys out there. We don't want to ruin, you know, your image, blah, blah, blah. And you could probably, you know, you could probably pull away from that. You know, the Goldmans are really selfless, you know. Sure. Like they've just been through a lot, you know. They went through a lot. They had to compromise a lot. Um for, you know, the past couple of days, the, that night. And and yet, you know, they're still there. They're still able to get out of their views. They could have argued with them. They could have been really angry. They could have kicked thrown a out. lot at them. They could have kicked them out. It's their house. They could do whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. and yet they they provided them a place of shelter until they yeah. could figure out a plan they got them out in um in to the keelys an unconventional way right and yeah to 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 protect their image and and so it just shows a lot about the the goldmans and just really like for how selfless they are and it really solidifies how selfish the Keelies are especially yeah you know they're in someone else's house and they're not they're not they're not exactly. Yeah, they're not really great guests. Right. Because the yeah. the people have to walk on eggshells the whole time. And that's not fun. That yeah.
1: I, as someone who has moved in both queer communities and religious conservative communities, this isn't true for all of those different types of communities. But yeah. I have always felt much more at peace and welcomed and safe in queer and queer coded spaces than religious conservative ones for the most part, you know? Like because there is this sense of community and camaraderie in those queer spaces. And in the religious one, it's very like we have to be focused on our image. And it doesn't matter what's happening behind closed doors. We just have to like look a certain way. You know? And I think yeah. to your point, there's that scene when Senator Keeley confronts confronts his daughter and she says, like, I want to get married to these people, to this man, you know, and um, the dad goes on this rant about like, oh, you've like, this is doing so much harm. Like, this is so bad. And then he says, how many lives do you have to ruin for you (laughs) to get married? But the only lives he listed were his own. Yeah, right. He talked about how it would ruin his political career and how it would look so bad after the scandal with his co-founder. And like, it, to your point, he's so selfish. Like he yeah. sees his daughter expressing a need and all he can think about is his himself and his image. And like, that's really fucked up. And you see this Armand, this loving father who's literally changing everything about his life so that his yeah. son can be happy. Yeah. And then you have the Senator Keeley, who at the time, and even now, a lot of people would say, Oh, he's the family man. You know, this gay dad is like the degenerate one. But you see here that the, Armand is being so much more of a loving parent than Senator Keeley is or ever was to his daughter, because it's always been about Senator Keely. He's always put his daughter after him.
0: I think something really in, um, important is to look at the other side um, in a lot of different cases, like no matter what side you're on or whatever, it's always important to look at the other side, because um, especially for the 90s and and even later than that or whatever, it. Isn't out of the ordinary to ask, you know, like uh, queer people to basically suppress who they are. Like, don't ask, don't tell. I think that's something that's, you know, said in the movie as well. Right. Um, Ellen DeGeneres wasn't
1: even out at this point in history.
0: You know what? Even for this movie, I think I saw that um, Nathan Lane wasn't even out. He wasn't
1: out publicly either.
0: Yeah. And so it's not like this scenario is. Like makes sense for a movie. It's like, oh, you know what I mean. Like this, it's a it's a scenario that you could imagine or whatever, and you wouldn't yeah, think twice sure. about. But would you ever see a movie where straight a straight you know couple or whatever has to, has to pretend to be gay in order mm-hmm. to impress another gay couple or something? You know, you wouldn't see yeah. that. You don't see that, right? That doesn't make any. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that doesn't make any yeah. sense. Quote unquote.
1: Right. Yeah. My wife made the same comment. It was like, yeah, she was like, why does the gay couple have to change everything about themselves? Why doesn't Senator Keeley have to change? I mean, sure. the answer is because Senator Keeley holds, holds all of the cultural power. Right. He's the quote unquote norm. He's the mainstream lifestyle. Yeah. But it's true. It's like uh, queer people and so many people of marginalized identities and groups have to constantly support uh suppress who they are to appease this larger structure, as you like to say my favorite word is <laughs> Yeah, the societal yeah. structure. Um but um yeah oh go ahead. Yeah.
0: Well yeah, I just I I totally agree. And I think this movie does a fantastic job at conveying that. Um for sure. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, going back to your point about Nathan Lane not being out publicly, I don't know if you saw this. And it's really funny because I actually saw this TikTok video like a month ago before we watched this or even like chose to watch it. But um, it, it it was the scene. Nathan Lane refers to this, this moment um, in the interview that I was telling you about that he did recently. But um, I don't know if you saw this, the Oprah interview.
0: Hmm.
1: So... Nathan Lane and Robin Williams went on Oprah to promote this movie and Nathan Lane wasn't out publicly yet. And he was really, really stressed out about going on to Oprah because he was afraid that he was going to essentially be asked in some way if he's gay Mm -hmm. and he wasn't, he wasn't ready to be out publicly. So Oprah asks him a question that's essentially like, oh, in this movie you play like a really uh, feminine, flamboyant character. Um, are you afraid that people are going to, that's what people are going to see you as kind of like softly asking yeah. him if he's gay, but like, no, I mean, in the nineties, there wasn't really this thing of like outing people, you know, Sure. but um, Robin Williams actually deflected and he mm. sort of like cracked a joke and diverted attention and gave Nathan Lane time to like come up with a response to her question. Sure. But um, it's just like a really, and Nathan Lane tells the story very fondly about how kind Robin Williams was to him. Um, but I, to me, that makes the movie even more touching that you see this like real relationship between Nathan Lane and Robin Williams that I think really reflects in Armand and Albert. Like they're very caring towards each other and they accept mm-hmm. each other for who they are and they yeah. try their best to help and protect the other person. Interesting.
0: I, you know, we probably should say, uh, because We didn't mention anything about like the biological mom, Christ, uh, played by Christine Baranski or whatever. Mm-hmm. Catherine, good job, very interesting. I don't know what, um, I mean, for a lot of the movie, it would be assumed that Rod, Robin or Armand is just like totally gay, but I think it's implied at least with his relationship with Catherine or his interest is she, he seems very interested in her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably a little implied that he's maybe more bisexual. I have no idea. Um, it's also a little bit implied that maybe Val is bisexual. I'm not entirely, that's not confirmed or anything. It's just, it's interesting that he specifies to his father that he's marrying a girl. It's a girl. Mm. That's what He says, and so it's yeah. sort of implied that maybe, you know, at least he's experimented or something or I have no idea, yeah. but that's, that's kind of the vibe
1: thing. I got was that they were maybe had both just experimented, you know, gotcha.
0: Well, I don't, there's just something interesting going on in the office of Catherine for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know if, uh, if Albert wasn't there, I don't know what would have happened. Maybe baby number two. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the but, sequel. Yeah, the se- oh, dude, imagine that! Oh, Albert shouldn't have gone. We could have gotten a sequel. Although
1: Robert Williams was dead, but rest well, p- they actually did talk about a sequel. Oh, did they really? So they wanted the sequel to be Nathan Lane and uh, what's his name, Hank yeah, Azaria's can- character. Oh, oh, um, uh, Agador. Uh, yeah, they wanted the sequel to be Nathan Lane and uh, Agador. Yeah. But um, Azaria said no to the sequel because he didn't oh. think it was appropriate for him to play a Latin character anymore, which I think is a valid point. You know, oh, he's not um, landing. He's no, not he's not. Latin, Latin? American, I don't know. No, OK, <laughs> um, but they did talk about a sequel, but it just eventually and it, it ended up not going anywhere. But yeah, I think this movie is really great. I think that it does a lot of uh, really good exploration, lots of great themes and contexts uh, or content to explore. Um, I really enjoyed it and I would I would definitely watch it again
0: for sure no i agree it's i can't remember i did see something there's like some other director or something i don't know who it was that anytime (laughs) anytime they see this movie on in the background they will always watch it from start to finish or whatever um that, that that might be the same for me at least for a while i don't know if it would get old or anything like that but yeah um very good movie very fun a little a little bit of i don't a little bit of um for, at least for me not quite knowing what they wanted to go for as far as like the tone um or just like really abrupt i don't know then again you don't want to make light of it i don't know it's just odd i i don't know i don't know how to what to make of it or whatever i think it's a a solid 7.5 out of 10 that's probably what I'd say. 7.5. Yeah. I think there's room for improvement for sure. Okay. Cuz again like I would like to see that transition, you know, of getting to the marriage. I think that would be yeah, m- nice to see. Um we probably could have cut out one of the pre- uh, practice walks. Uh <laughs> a man walk, manly
1: walk. Yeah. Probably
0: could have cut out one well, of those. Well, you're
1: wrong, but you're allowed to have that opinion. What
0: do you think is it 10 out of
1: 10? <laughs> no, I would say like I would give it like an 8.5. Oh, maybe. Mm. It's a good movie, though. I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. I enjoy it's it. It's better I'm than a simple
0: it. favor. That's for sure. Geez. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. <laughs> like, big time. Like, a whole five points higher. Than, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that implies that a simple favor no, is like it's a great three movie. Out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Happy Pride Month. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's what you. That's what you. Did you say it on the last episode, or did you just text me? I I think you texted me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did I? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're like, oh, I chose this movie for Pride Month or something (laughs) like that. I don't remember exactly what you said. Anyway, yeah, go watch it. Go watch it. I always say that. I always say that, but it doesn't make any sense. Hopefully, you watch the movie before you listen to the show, you jerk. Uh, (laughs) just kidding. I mean, I'm pretty sure most people do that, but. Um, of course, check out IMDb Parental Guide and all that stuff to see what you're willing to see and whatnot. If you are deeply appalled by Greek cultural S- art or whatever, Speedos. I don't know.
1: Speedo. Oh, yeah.
0: Speedo. Dude, big time. Speedo's everywhere.
1: ABC actually, uh, they put shorts. They Edited on short swim struts. What? I can't yeah. even imagine how stupid that looks <laughs> on, on all the people walking
0: by, yeah. Just like short cutouts. Like just, you yeah. know. <laughs> like South Park. I can't something. imagine it looks great, but. Probably not. Um, sweet deal. Big T, thanks for the pick. You're welcome. I own it now, and I'll probably watch it again. Nice. <sighs> to close out the show, let's round this out with our final segment of layers of favorites this of course is the game where i ask uh big t this or that questions kind of a speed round we'll see which one he chooses and which one he leaves to bathe out on south beach okay whatever i tried really (laughs) hard okay layers of favorites number one south beach or palm beach
1: uh, South Beach? <laughs> I don't know anything about Palm Beach. I don't I either. Don't either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although I do wonder how much of this is a caricature of South Beach. I can't imagine that there's like all these people walking around virtually naked everywhere, dude, but it is Florida, so who knows? I'm pretty sure I went to South Beach, actually. And was it like that? No. <laughs> Not yeah, even I didn't close. think so. It feels like it's kind of, you know, caricaturizing. Yeah. I mean,
0: people are walking around in swimsuits all over the place. Yeah, but, but like speedos. every single person, you It's know, the is '90s, in the though. And,
1: yeah, most people were those I will big, say that. high butt crack, <laughs> on yeah, one yeah. pieces. Very true. Uh, A lot all right. of butt cheek in this movie. Yeah.
0: Okay, number two, Ted Kennedy or <laughs> Ted Kennedy or the younger ones.
1: Ted Kennedy
0: or the younger ones? He says that at the very beginning. He's like, oh, the Kennedys are here. He's like, Ted? No, the younger ones. <laughs> Which one? Let's go with
1: the younger ones. All right. The next generation. Cool. Number three, red
0: wine or white wine? Mm, white wine. Get those. Oh, wait, no. Not, yeah, get those tannins, tannins. Or avoid the tannins. Yeah, that's right. I don't know anything about it. Okay. Number four, <laughs> I might need to explain this one. Can that boy foxtrot or little dream?
1: I don't know what that's referring to.
0: <laughs> so that's Can That Boy Foxtrot is like the first song that Starina sings. And then Little mm. Dream is the second one that
1: they're rehearsing with. Oh, the first one. Can That Boy Foxtrot. I like Little Dream better.
0: Also, dude, that shot gets me every time when it goes into him. You know, <laughs> and like the whole like the finger or not finger, the yeah. hand, uh, whatever. And then fairy dust, fairy dust,
1: fairy dust, fairy dust. Fairy fairy I,
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh, five cultural attaché or nightclub owner. Cultural attaché. Oh, all right, fancy. Number six, straight maid or agador. <laughs> agador, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I agree. Number seven, Barb, uh, Barbara or Val. Barbara, I agree. Number eight, <laughs> this is a long one. So this kind of goes into one of the things that you said: hide your sexual identity for a night or have your. Um, council member, mate, whatever, die with a sex worker while also being part of the Coalition
1: for Moral Order. Um, the first one, just because I would oppose ever being on a that conservative moral order board. There you go. Uh, number
0: nine, Starina or Mrs. Coleman? Uh,
1: Mrs. Coleman. We see more of her. She's <laughs> so true. entertaining.
0: Also progressively gets more and more drunk throughout the night, I think. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, Schnecken. Or a sweet and sour peasant soup.
1: Schnecken,
0: 100%. Yeah, I don't even know what Schnecken is, but I would choose that because it seemed tasty. Sweet. That's Layers of Favorites. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. But before we go, I probably already said that for the Layers of Favorites as well. Before we go, let's let you know what the next film is going to be now. Big T. Are you excited?
1: So excited. This is like the
0: highlight of my month. Okay. Episode 23 will go up July 3rd. Now, you may be wondering, Austin, (sighs) July 3rd, you must have chosen, I'm pretty sure this movie came out on July 3rd, Independence Day, because that came out on July 3rd, and it would be perfect for the time. Nope, you're wrong. (laughs) Now, July 3rd happens to be my brother's birthday. And uh, so I asked him what he thinks that we should cover. We will be covering... We'll see what you think about it, Big T. (laughs) We will be covering The Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. Rated, Rated R film. It's streaming on Netflix. I mean, Quentin Tarantino's... All of his movies are rated R. So, yeah. Anyway. You... I wonder yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Am I gonna be offended? I have no idea. It's Quentin Tarantino. It's a little 50-50. Look, okay, we you can <laughs> veto this. This is Quentin Tarantino we're talking about. He uses the N-word quite a bit in his films. Oh now, the context makes sense. And this movie is great. It's it's a really good movie. Samuel L. Jackson. So yeah, take. I don't know. This is. I'm not trying to defend anything. I'm just letting you know some facts. Samuel L. Jackson is in pretty much all of his movies, most of his films, and he uh, has no problem with Quentin Tarantino's usage of the N word. I think he thinks that it makes sense, and there's it makes sense in the context of what they're trying to say with the film. Um, I don't know Quentin Tarantino is a 50/50 for some people with the way that he makes his films. But the dialogue, the pacing is so smart in this film and it's really long. So I know that you'll love it, Big T. <laughs> <laughs> How long is it? It's 3 hours. Okay. <laughs> now it's not going to be like The Godfather, like it's not going to be like amazing like in that way where like you're going to love yeah. every second of that film, but I think it's gonna feel slow at the beginning for you because it felt slow at the beginning and for in the me middle, as well. And the end. No, 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 it picks up, and you, I <sighs> I'm just like, kidding. like about an hour into the movie, I remember being like on the edge of my seat, like whoa, wait, and like the total, like the there's a huge shift in the movie where you're like on the edge of your seat for the rest of the film, wondering what's gonna happen next. Um,
1: how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel? I mean, I don't know anything about this movie, but. Okay, let's move forward. See what happens.
0: Okay, I was just gonna give you veto power if you can't handle, um, if you can't handle it. I don't, I don't know. I'll do some research. I'll let you know how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'll insert. Yeah, let me know, and I guess I'll insert a little part where I actually change the movie (laughs) that we're gonna cover. I don't think there's a problem. That's me personally. I know other people have problems with it. So obviously, as the co-host of the show, I'd like you. To have the power to say no if you can't handle it. If we ask the if we ask the audience to check out the IMDb parental guide, um, to see what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with, then I feel like I should probably ask you the same. And I if you're uncomfortable that. with it, we can veto it, and I will somehow figure out how to splice something in to change the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Here, you have a few uh, days. You can record yourself, but i This is what I'll say. I'll go. <clears throat> awesome! I'm so excited to watch that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. All Bingo. right. So that's the movie we're going to be covering. <laughs> Get ready. It's going to be the best. And uh look forward to it it'll, again. It'll be episode 23 coming up July 3rd, otherwise known as my brother's birthday. Um and uh we love you. We care about you. Thanks for sharing the show again. We appreciate it. We are getting record downloads and stuff like that which is super cool and uh it's awesome it's really fun and we will see you guys july 3rd bye-bye bye fairy dust fairy dust fairy dust